Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of over 240,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of production and broadcasting costs for The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. Thank you, Eris. Today, we're joined by Mary Giuseppe, CEO of Luxichrome I, the commercial luxury paint line and color services for architectural and trade professionals. Their clients enjoy discriminating palettes, design sensibilities, and excellence. Mary's also a former Ford model, personal brand expert, Amazon number one best-selling author, speaker, TV guest, fashion and color authority, and award-winning humanitarian. For more information, feel free to visit her website at marygiuseffi.com. That's Mary, G-I-U-S-E-F-F-I dot com. Hello, Mary. Again, great to have you on. So honored as always. Hello. So <laughs> nice to see you. Oh, to yes. be with you today. Mary, tell us, we were talking in the, you were in the green room for how many, almost eight, 10 minutes? Eight minutes. Almost eight, 10 minutes. And in our virtual world? Yeah. No hors d'oeuvres, no champagne, <laughs> no water, not even a hello. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to reconsider some of these things. We're lucky you're you're on the show right now because uh, we got to do better than that. That's for sure. Oh, Mary, this is fun. Mary, can you tell us other than you know how the company came about? You know why exists? Because as I told you, I love paint and the effect it can have on people and coatings. Well, I think it all. I mean, obviously, I came from a background of of artist and creative. So, my grandma's I. I always share was this amazing couture designer, wedding gown designer. And she painted, painted gowns, you know, at the turn of the century. It was crazy. My grandfather was a tremendous uh, furniture maker in Italy and he worked for Baker when he came here. So obviously, and then she transitioned to interior design. So as she got older to be with him. So I was brought up always with this, all this stuff going on around me and I always loved it. And I think the, the moment that I became aware of my surroundings, I became aware of how powerful they are in terms of our emotional reaction to them and how we can really play with that. But I didn't have any real you know, data about it until I created this, this healing modality based on color vibration. And I work with people, as you know, Tom, in the, in the wardrobe atmosphere, in the mm-hmm. colors and how colors impact our emotions. And I do some healing work with that as well. And what always bothered me was my clients would have these fabulous outfits and everything was right about the colors and, and how they felt and how, what the beautiful visual scene we created, the landscape. And then they'd show, show me a picture in their living room and I just wanted to kill myself. It was like, <laughs> how... Could you be so good and that be so bad? How could that happen? 
It was horrible. And so I thought to myself, because in my house, that never happened because everything was curated in my house, everything. So I never had a visual field that was, it was insanity or chaos. So, you know, I started thinking to myself, you know, this isn't going to work. I've got to figure out a way to expand the visual brand, Mm -hmm. expand the modality beyond what someone sees and what someone wears into how someone feels when they're in a room. And as luck would have it, my, my um, dear stepfather, who's now passed away, uh, had a, has a now 60-year-old paint company. And so when I decided I was going to take the deep, deep dive into creating my own line of vibrationally fabulous and pure paints, you know, that was the first door I knocked on. And of course, they thought I was crazy. And this idea was going to go away in about three seconds. And when the labels arrived, they went, Oh, my God, she's really doing this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then when I went into the factory, you know, not really a woman's work, uh, you know, I'm going into the factory, and I've got my hands and all this stuff. They're like, Oh, my God, could she just please leave? Please just please, this is not, but lo and behold, that's how it happened. So it was like two worlds that just collided and perfectly manifested for what I wanted to bring forward. The healing, I like, touch on the healing aspect of the color choice and selection. I think that what happens to us in our lives is that we're visually bombarded 24 hours a day. And, you know, we hear people talk about, you know, whether you're doing it for business or for home, the objectives are still the same. When we walk into a space, it gives us a feeling. When we create a space intentionally to create a feeling or an effect, there are a lot of design elements that we must think about and create. You know, we have the the textures of the walls, the windows, the views, um, the shapes of architecture that we use. Then we go into flooring, we do this and we do that. But then we have to deal with color. And color, really, as we have talked about, you know, it's a pre-verbal experience. So simply by creating certain colors in a room gives a vibrational experience that is immediately felt and then is carried forward. So if I know that someone is really triggered, let's, let's make it really simple. Hyperactive children. Okay. Very, not where I was going, but this is easier. <laughs> Hyperactive children, they are constantly told to what? Sit still. Sit still. Yes. Conform, you know, read this, do this, and, you know, and they behave anyway the way they behave because that's just the way life is. Same thing with autism. I mean, not that they're the same, but in other words, their interior world and their exterior world are constantly in conflict with each other. Well, what I have found, I kind of have this theory about color and autistic children. I know that yellow is a color that the eye does not see norm of. It doesn't see it without extra effort. We see red, we see green, we see blue, but we do not see yellow. In order for us to perceive the color yellow, we have to rise to a higher level of focus, all of us. So when we use yellow in a room, we have to be very careful about what shade of yellow, how long does a person stay in this room, on and on and on. But for a hyperactive child who already has a hard time gaining focus and and maintaining focus, the worst possible thing you can do is put this kid in a yellow room or put him in a yellow outfit or put him in yellow books. The second worst thing you can do is put him in red because red raises the blood pressure 
physiologically. And it is a fight or flight color. So when you put a nice little kid who's just ready to learn and loves the world, and you put him in a room, a primary classroom, what do they use? Red, yellow, and blue. Blue is their only safety. So vibrationally and energetically, we're setting this child up for failure. And if we could remove that stimulus and replace it with calming colors, you can imagine the head start we give these kids to provide an atmosphere where they are relaxed, calm, and open to learning. So that's an example of color. Wow. Have you researched any uh, data on uh, schools looking into the impact and positivity of color? I have found, you know, there's the famous prison study, which of course, there's no correlation between our beautiful children in prison, but there is a study in prison and they talk about what colors they found to be the most calming of inmates in prison. And of course it came up to be pink, Mm -hmm. you know, and pink is the color of love. It is, uh, depending on the shade, self-love, love for others, love for whatever the creator is that you may believe in. And so pink is an extremely embracing, compassionate, it's like putting a warm blanket on, putting on your warm jammies. Pink provides that safety net and love space for the soul. And so lo and behold, it's not by coincidence that pink is a color that they found to be very calming in, of all places, prisons. So yes, there is data to support some of it, not all of it. I wish that there were more. This is fascinating. You're listening to the Modern Architect radio show and podcast at KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Mary Giuseppe, CEO of Lexichrome I and personal brand expert and an Amazon number one best-selling author and award-winning humanitarian. For more information, feel free to visit her website, marygiuseffi.com. Again, that's marygiuseffi.com. Mary, the manufacturing process of the paint, specifically for what you know, architects and designers and trade professionals are now not looking into, but in many cases required for the sustainability, it's manufactured in the United States? Yes, it's actually manufactured okay. in the... It, well, ours is, we have one plant. It's family-owned. It's been... We are now into our second generation very soon to be emerging the third, I think. And uh, we have never had a suit. We've never had a contamination problem. We have had nothing. We own the building. We own the land. So when when we tell you that it's extremely pure paint, and there are other great companies that do this as well. This just happens to be the one that I'm familiar with. You know, quality in, quality out. You know, we only use uh, titanium sourced from the U.S., So not only are we very uh, careful about what we do to the earth and uh, leaving no lasting trace, but we are also very concerned with getting the best products and to have everything sourced in the USA. And so we pay a lot more for our our process. We pay a lot more for our natural ingredients, but we are assured that we're creating the best from the best and offering the best. And I think those are three things that you need to look at when you, you purchase paint anywhere, you know, how is it made? What's left? What is it doing to our planet? What is it doing to us when we're inhaling this? And how does it make us feel? So it's really a combination of things that I think are really important. But at the end of the day, you can check off the first few boxes, just being a little interested in the, the kind of paint that you use. And But the one, the emotional box, that's the one I think you really have to hold in your hand because, and in your heart. Because if you create a room 
and you feel uncomfortable in it every time you walk in, chances are it's the color. We talked before the show a bit about the color and how it obviously can positively impact people's lives in their home. How about also in the commercial realm where, in my opinion, I think the color can affect actually the bottom line. What's your uh, experience or take on that? Well, I think that, you know, there are colors that we know create certain reactions in people. And I found in places of business, how traffic flows through your space is a real big consideration when you choose color. So for instance, if you have a a holding room or a lobby or a hallway where people are just kind of sort of like a very brief experience, they're spending five minutes or 10 minutes, they're not an hour and 10 minutes. That's the place where you can experiment with big color. That's where you can give them a big hello, in my opinion. You know, you're setting the stage for the next emotion, but if it is a place where you can get a little playful, if you'd like to uh, make a big statement and then bring, prepare them, it's like preparing your palate, you know, preparing them for the next next course. So when we do architecture like that, commercial architecture, I always think that I like to play a little bit. I like to play in my entryways because it gives people a little bit about our personality and maybe about our takeaway. And then we kind of tease them with that. And then we bring them somewhere a little more uh, open and a little more calm so that we can have the discussion that we want to bring forward. Yeah, what was the inspiration for such, I, I say, holistic and uh, that your level of care in, because um, paint just, a lot of people just think it's you put it on, choose a color and, and you know, be done with it. But what was your inspiration for to be that holistic, I guess, with the entire process? I think because I'm very concerned about that, as we all are, you know, very concerned about the future of our gorgeous planet, you know, very concerned about our, what are we leaving our children? You know, what is the legacy we're leaving? And there are tremendous changes in our planet from, you know, even when I was little and for you too, right? We see, we see changes. And so when we go into a company, create a company like Acrolux, that's the parent company, my parent company, when you create a, a company like Acrolux, I think my, bless his heart, I think Bill really had a vision for not wanting to tread on the earth. He wanted to, you know, walk softly on the land that he loved. And he did that. And so for me, it was a perfect match because I would have had to find somebody else. Oh, oh, <laughs> wow. So you're really, that was uh, an expectation for you, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's, yeah. and, and people will, you know, people will complain, you know, in other words, if you want a certain finish, now we have some latex paint that can achieve a certain gloss or a certain finish. And of course, we are only a latex, we're an acrylic company. We do not do any oil-based paint whatsoever. And so there are certain things and there are certain environments that an oil-based paint will work better. There's just no doubt about it. It does happen. You know, we come very, very close, but certain times, although now it's pretty seamless. But up until very recently, there are certain areas of the house, there are certain sorts of finishes that really are achieved better with an oil-based paint. And of course, oil-based leaves residue. So I think, you know, we have to, when we decide what kind of a home we want or what kind of an office space we want, first we have to decide what is the goal of this space? What are we trying to do here? You know, what kind of a feeling is going to promote the goal that we have in mind for this space? And then how do we make an environment that people feel naturally inspired 
to go to achieve the goal that we have in mind. And that's it. Those are the three things we have to really, really understand. You know, is the space occupied by women more than men? Is it even? Is it child-friendly rather than just adult-friendly? Is it an area where we want to close sales, close deals? Is it an area where we want people to feel uninhibited? You know, it's very interesting, you know, the whole green room concept. We're we're laughing Mm -hmm. about it. But, you know, green is is the color of balance and peace. It brings the natural world inside. It also stimulates conversation. So, you know, the green room, you know, uh, when it was called that before going on air, what did it do? It was calming, quieting the spirit in it before you go on camera, which is a little bit anxiety ridden for many people. It also was in cities. It gave you that clear vision and, you know, and also it inspired small talk. So you kind of got your mouth warmed up for the three and a half minutes that you were going to be on, on camera. You know, the Today Show did something very brave. They went from the green room to the orange room. And I was like, ah, the orange room. And I was in it. I was in both. So it was very interesting. The orange room, the orange is the color of like, fun, 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 enthusiasm, jump off the walls, jump. It's like very physical, animated fun. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, if they spend too long in this room, by the time they get out, they're either going to be exhausted or you're going to have to tie them down. (laughs) Do you know if there's been a change since? I don't know that there's been a change, but I know when they did the, I mean, all of the headlining and stuff is still orange. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's a very interesting, and sometimes people make these choices arbitrarily and then they wonder what happened. What happened? Why are people acting like this? That's amazing. That's amazing. So you're really offering, it's a very curative process. Very involved. It's not the the standard, the corner drugstore, drugstore, paint store, where where they say, okay, we'll call you one out, we can mix this and that. It's really... um, It's highly curated, down to the undertone of the paint. You know, we have a, we can do a tint, which is a white undertone, you know. Or we can move into a gray undertone. We can move into a black undertone. The black undertones are going to give us the biggest color. You know, I always, I, I, in my sensibility, created this thing called listening colors. Listening colors are muted colors. They allow for open communications without any sort of threatening feeling. Um, you know, they're used in uh, dentist office, doctor's office, psychiatrist's office, you know, pl- uh, places where people have fear and anxiety. Those colors just calm you right down. And so, yeah, there's a lot that goes into, and you know, what, what type of finish do you want? Do you want a matte finish? You know, you want a semi-gloss, you know, you want to, there's a whole bunch of different things we can do to also amp up the feeling that we create in the room. I, I love this. I really do. Touch on that vibration. And if you can share a story, of course, you don't have to name names or companies, but the vibrational impact of the proper I don't know if you want to call it proper or the the most effective or the smartest choice in paint. Can you share with us a, a story or two on uh, some people that you've worked with? Yeah, I think that most, what I have found is that many professionals are afraid of paint. Mm-hmm. So they, many professionals push wallpaper. Because wallpaper, you can actually get a nice big swatch, right? And you can do the same thing with paint. I don't know why it is one way or the other but you can get a piece of wallpaper you slap it on the wall and here it is you like it or you don't like it paint is not like that there are gazillions and millions and uh, so many options for paint 
that sometimes it's really just easier to slap something on the wall, like a piece of wallpaper. I have found in my experience that for people who who really vacillate about what they like and don't like mm-hmm. and rooms that are used by many types of different people, I, you know, I happened at, I can't believe I'm saying this, but my homes are all white. My homes are all white. And the reason why my homes are white is because I'm a creative that I want to change everything about my room all the time. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can really achieve that is to have is a, a really pretty blank, beautiful background. But guess what? You don't have to have a bright red or a bright pink or a bright green room to get the effect of the vibration of that color. There are very few pure whites in this in the world. So what you can do is you can choose a white that is influenced and has a little nuance of the shade that you want people to feel. And it's very cool. And also you have to think about what are the soft furnishings in that room. You know, if you have antiques in your house, you know, white is not going to do well for many of these pieces. You're better off with a slightly off white shade to really enhance the beauty of those pieces. So do you want the room to feel slightly loving, but you don't want to go over the top. You can pick a white with a slight, 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 slight pink fleshy feeling. You know, do you want people to feel very mentally calm if they're like mental processing type people, they're blues in my system? Well, then you have a white with a little bit of blue in the background. Or you can do a little bit of yellow, which isn't going to hit them over the head. Would you please notice? Would you just? But by far the most popular color in my collection was this off, you know, this off white. And I knew it was going to be, I knew the minute I created this color that this was going to be the number one seller because, you know, to pick color is to make a choice. And a lot of people don't want to make choices. So they'd rather just pick a neutral. So where is my baby color here that I love so much? I have this gorgeous, it was called ancestral and ancestral was a, like a, a part, like a little bit of a parchment. It was an off white went with everything you could almost combine anything with it and it blended beautifully and but it was not a threatening color and ancestral was by far by far my favorite color uh, in terms of what my clients picked to put because it was a nice base color and then they move into a feature color in a room this is excellent this is also the modern architect radio show and podcast at kzsu stanford 90.1 fm we're talking today with Mary Giuseppe, CEO of Lexichrome I, and personal brand expert and Amazon number one best-selling author and award-winning humanitarian. For more information, feel free to visit the website of marygiuseppe.com. Again, marygiuseppe.com. Mary, what's your uh, experience, especially in working with designers or people who are designers with the paint and the colors and the choices that they have? Which, you know, usually their response because uh, I like you said here colors a choice correct mm-hmm. colors a choice I think that there are you know there are, there are certain designers who are very much invested in the product that they're creating and, and I love that and they're very decisive and the thing that I love that I can do for my clients is that I can work with them on my expertise level and I can meet the standards that they have so I can match a shade to the nth degree. 
So if they're committed to mm. a color and they need something and they don't really, you know, they're, they're totally in on what they're doing, then, you know, my, my job is just to make that color the best that it can be and express what that emotion is going to do in a room. And then it's their choice what they do. So that's one way that you can work with people. But I found a lot of people are very open to my ideas when I go into a hard hat area, you know, and I'm working with, uh, you know, construction people and architects, especially if they're vast, huge spaces, then, you know, they are really interested in what I think is going to look best. And what I always like to start with is the natural lighting in the room. Mm. Because through the day, color changes on a wall. And the only way to really know what's going to work best in a natural space is to put a few colors up and then to come back and check that site over time. Another thing that's really important when we're creating space from that point of view is the type of window coverings we're going to put on the room. I know, you know, in Florida and Palm Beach, because of our beautiful sea turtles, the requirement now for the glass that's ocean facing creates such a blue shadow on the room that it absolutely trans, you know, transforms the whole room and darkens it tremendously. And so it's as if you're trying to pick colors looking through sunglasses, you know, whatever the shade of the glasses are, you know, rose tinted glasses, my personal favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's going to change the room. So not only do you have to consider the natural light in the room and how the, and where, when you're going to be in there, but you have to consider what the tint on the, on the natural class is going to be. Those two factors have to be considered before you select a paint because you can be very sorry with the results if you don't consider them. So it's a you know, little so when I work with designers, I kind of come from it from a more scientific, I think, point of view first. And then we get to, oh, I did this fabulous condominium in uh, in Miami Beach. And what he wanted so badly because I did his, he's, he's a very well-known guy, and I did his personal brand, and I did all his clothing, and the first day I put him in peach, I thought he was going to drop dead, until people recognized him from the television appearance he just did on the street because of his outfit, and we're like, oh my god, it's the guy with the peach. He said, I'll never doubt you again, never. So when we went to create his fabulous condo in the sky in Miami, he's like, I want to use the same colors, I want, I'm like, okay, don't get overboard. Unfortunately, the turquoise and the peach, because of the green glass that was in this condo, even though the white walls were white uh, to begin with, we couldn't really ever use the colors he, he fell in love with because they all look gray and green and muddy mm-hmm. through the glass. So it's really interesting. you know. You know it's, it's, um, it's wonderful to be able to have someone look fabulous in their space. Oh, I love that, Mary. We're coming to a. <laughs> I love this. We're coming to a, the close of your show today. What do you want to share with your audience today that uh, that we haven't talked about? Even though I think it's limited, we can go on for another hour. But uh, what would you like to uh, share with your audience today? I would invite you each to make a list of the your three favorite colors. Not what looks good on you. Not, I don't care about ever using those colors in anything in your life. But what are your three favorite colors? And then I would invite you to make a list of the color or colors, one or two, that you dislike the most, that you're repelled by. And I can promise you that those two sides of the paper will tell you volumes about yourself. Volumes about your internal mechanisms your subconscious world, 
And once we can create that beautiful diagram, and especially for families, all of the beautiful diagrams, then you will be able to create the space of your dreams and just never want to leave. Mary, it's an honor and always a pleasure talking and speaking with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's great. I hope I hope we, uh, we'll have you again soon. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. You've been listening to the Modern Architect radio show and podcast. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Mary Giuseppe, CEO of Luxichrome I, the commercial luxury paint line and color services for architectural and trade professionals. Their clients enjoy uh, discriminating palettes, design sensibilities, and excellence. Mary's also a former Ford model, personal brand, and, and present, and probably forever, personal brand expert, Amazon number one best-selling author, speaker, we can go on, TV guest, fashion and color authority, and award-winning humanitarian. For more information, feel free to visit MaryGiuseppe.com. And again, that's MaryGiuseppe.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, designer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of over 240,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals Use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of production and broadcasting costs for The Modern Architect.